the frontier of a dead god's empire, a power thought lost to time awakens from dreams of vengeance long denied. In a ruined keep, nestled deep within the festering heart of a fetid swamp, something stirs. Terrors unseen perch upon the precipice of madness, secrets whispered of an insatiable goddess haunting the yawning void between worlds. Can this unlikely cadre of allies survive? The Abomination Vaults. Alright everybody, welcome to the first inaugural episode of Roll for Intent. Many, many months in the making of planning and buying and engineering and hemming and hawing and complaining and begging and crying and building and tearing down. Yes. Has finally uh, culminated in tonight where all of this work will be for naught and our flaws will be laid bare for the entire world to see. At least the six people that'll be listening. So I'm your GM. My name's Trevor. I live in Houston, Texas. I'm a software engineer. I've been a GM for about a year. I jumped right into it because I'm an awful player because I'm just a terrible person to be at the table with. But I really enjoy GMing and I think I'm okay at it. But a GM is nothing without players. So I'm going to start introducing you to the rest of the crew. Todd, tell us about yourself. Uh, Well, I'm Todd. I'm a massive man. Uh, I work in agriculture. Uh, Those two usually go hand in hand. Um, and for some odd reason, I play tabletop RPGs. Uh, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a unicorn. <laughs> I really am. Um, don't really find a whole lot of people where I work to talk about these things. So this is fun. I very much enjoy this. Todd, you have been the best thing to come out of the pandemic for me. When we first started playing this, Jake got me, which you all introduced to you next, got me really really interested in trying tabletop. I never tried it. I'm in my 30s and I'd never tried it before. And Jake kept telling me about these games he was playing with Todd, with other people he had worked with. He was running games. He was playing games. And I was introduced to Todd. And honestly, it's been my highlight. If I could say anything good came out of COVID, it was meeting Todd. Oh my God, I just gave your last name. <laughs> I'll bleep it out. I'll make a bleep swear it out. And you, know it. and you know what? And for in the future, could you... <laughs> in the future though can you can you introduce me as todd <laughs> wherever we go that's <laughs> why we had to bleep it out to it's dutch actually yeah <laughs> next up we have uh my baby brother jake tell us about yourself hi it's me your baby brother um my name's jake i live somewhere in the midwest it's not important except I am relatively, and I mean very close to Todd, like five minutes away. And Micah is also very close, who you'll probably meet very soon. I'm 24. I am a big tabletop fan. I really, really enjoy playing uh, Pathfinder and occasionally 5th Edition and other stuff like Delta Green. Um, And, yeah, I do nothing really interesting besides that. I'm currently unemployed. Um, as is the next person who you'll be talking to, but they have way cooler accolades than me. Take it away! Call Raymond. Call Raymond. (laughs) (laughs) Next up is is, uh, Micah. Micah, tell us about yourself. 
Hey, I'm Micah. Uh, like Jake said, I'm unemployed, but I am technically a physicist. So, uh, you know, I've got that going for me. Physically, I'm the exact opposite of Todd. Where Todd is similar to a fridge, I'm similar to a bird. Fridget. Uh, he looks I, like Frodo without a shirt on in Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King, where they take the ring from him. He looks like yep. that bird chat eats Frodo, yep. man. He looks oh, yeah. just like oh, Elijah yeah. Wood. He's about great. the same height next to Elijah Wood, too. I am the same height as Elijah Wood, yeah. Yeah, and I look like a whirlpool fridge. Yep. Uh, French doors. <laughs> and Micah uh, is like a countertop dishwasher. Yep. I've, I've been friends with uh, Jake for close to 10 years now, one of my oldest friends, and he got me involved with this group over the pandemic. So another good thing that uh, came out of the pandemic. So thank you, Jake. Uh, as for tabletop experience, besides this, I've been DMing D&D 5th edition for a few years now. Um, I wrapped up a game with uh, an old group of mine a while back, and then I got involved with uh, these jokers, unfortunately. And last, but certainly not least, we got Ray. Raymond, tell us about yourself. Yeah, I am. Uh, I would say I'm the newest addition to this group. All of these guys seemingly know each other through blood or through friendship, and I met Trevor through work. I'm also a software developer and I'm a stand-up comedian, speaking of jokers, out in California. Um, I have been playing uh, D&D 5th edition, DMing it, and um, playing for a couple years now. This is actually my first time ever playing Pathfinder. I'm very excited. Um, All of our side quests that we've been doing have been a bunch of fun to learn the game, and I'm excited to play with all these guys. These guys are awesome, Um, and see where this goes. And I want to stress, we are not experts on second edition. We've been playing first edition for about a year now. Uh, Probably about three months ago, we decided, hey, let's just try second edition. Let's start a whole podcast about it. And we're awful. We're awful players. So please don't yell at us too harshly, but yell at us to tell us when we're wrong. I will make mistakes. Todd will make mistakes. But Jake will make a lot of mistakes. Some Um, of them will be in Pathfinder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but this for the the top down view this is a pathfinder second edition playthrough of the paizo adventure path abomination vaults so if everything goes well we will probably be broadcasting this for a year and a half to two years at least if not more it's a three book adventure path it's 10 levels and it's great it's written well the writers knocked it out of the park. It gives you a really great, great chassis to stretch the story over. And I've had a whole ton of fun trying to prep it for the past few weeks. So, everybody, real quick, Jake, it seems like you had a little bit of issues recently with some uh, important identification. Yeah, um, important question to uh, my friends here on the call with me and anybody who might be listening later on down the line. Um, you, uh, you ever have a dog eat something important, i.e. maybe homework like they do in like cartoons and jokes, um, which is really funny until very recently as an adult, I had the equivalent thing happen where my dog, uh, ate my wallet and, uh, I, I lost all form of identifying me as a legal resident <laughs> in the United States. I.e. my Could you wait for it to come out the license. other end? No. In the interim, I did call ICE. <laughs> I would just I would just start fresh, man. I mean, what's stopping you at this point, you know? Your podcast may last for a thousand years, but my yurt can go anywhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I have a, a just uh, a, a over one-year-old German Shepherd 
whose name is Cersei, and she's adorable. She's looking at me right now because she knows I'm still mad because I uh, have been letting them out overnight because half the reason I got a dog is, you know, to deter people from trying to break into my home, and it's worked. Um, and I was leaving them out overnight, and they had been really good about, like, not chewing any on anything or, or messing on the floor. And uh, then I woke up while Alex was out of town, my girlfriend, and uh, she was in my bed with me. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. You're very sweet. And then I go downstairs, and there's just, like, just pieces, bits of black leather everywhere that was my wallet that I've had for, like, 10 years. Because who buys a wallet? I've never – every time I walk by a wallet in, like, a JCPenney, I'm like <laughs> – don't need one so of those. for me, I buy a lot of wallets because I have a lot of cards, and my no, my wallets get stretched out and they won't hold cards anymore. So <laughs> I'm, I'm class actually, problems. What a, what a flex! <laughs> exactly. So many cards. I like oh, like you only buy one <laughs> wallet every score. <laughs> my membership cards exceed the the grasp of the leather itself. In my mind, I assume that you had wallets all over your body, like the blues traveler dude has harmonicas. <laughs> talking about harmonica, Tim. I just have so much money; it no, can't fit no. in just one. But seriously, seriously, <laughs> they eventually stretch and like say, "You're like, oh, I don't need this card anymore," or you get a gift card for Christmas and then you use it up and you suddenly have more room in your wallet. So, oh, I get, I, I got over, a big old fat ATM card. <laughs> I I moved over to using. I have a wallet from Tom Bin, which is a a bougie luggage company that I use that I absolutely love. I've got all my luggage is theirs and they, they made a wallet out of the same material they make their bags out of. It's orphans. I love it. It's been great. I've had it. I've had Imagine it. Imagine a, a little briefcase wallet. It has like a little pull up handle and you can wheel your wallet. Along your <laughs> That's hurtful, right? <laughs> it turns hurtful. into a scooter. You saw all my- <laughs> Ray, you can Ray, so fun, funny, funny story. Two weeks ago, you saw literally all my luggage. I was carrying it with me everywhere. Really? Yeah, that I was did. My luggage. I did. It cost thirty thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> it costs a solid four hundred. Like, but like a snap-on tool chest. Good, good stuff though. I'll probably never have to buy it again. Jake, I can imagine you like walk downstairs and you see like a piece of your wallet. You're like, no. As you walk, you're like, no. And you're trying to piece your wallet back well, together. I didn't know what it was at first. Parts. I was just like, what is this black leather? <laughs> because it was like my wallet was inside out. Of like, never seen this part of this material before. <laughs> And uh, I was like, I thought my other dog did it because Pierogi, I have a, 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 a like a seven-year-old pit bull rescue with who she doesn't have like hardly any teeth. She has like four. Most of them were pulled before I adopted her. That's enough. From the Humane Society. And they're mostly molars, but it's enough. Yeah, like Todd says, because whenever she gets a toy or anything we buy for her, she will gum it to death into pieces if it's made out of some kind of fabric. So I thought she did it. And I was like, pierogi. And then I looked because her cage is right next to Cersei's. And Cer- literally, like, the rest of what is left of, like, my license, like, like my O'Reilly's card, my Speedway card, <laughs> quality Jeez. dairy card, stuff like just, just like, my med card, my DOT med card. I, it, it had just expired, so I didn't need it anymore. But just in sh- pieces in my dog's kennel. Jeez. <laughs> and I had just gotten a new job too, and uh, I can't take my drug tests or for my my DOT physical or anything like that because uh, they require a photo ID, and I don't have one. Oh God. So. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM Trevor here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. 
Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. Gotta wait for How that to convenient. come in the mail. I know. <laughs> 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 the getting is good. It takes them at least two weeks to get you a new one. That's a good segue <laughs> for a bunch of people that we have no idea who they are because I'm not sure that they're carrying any ID. <laughs> so let's set the stage <laughs> for the abomination bolts. Fear. Cold sweat pouring and heart pounding. She tried to burrow deep into her bed, away from the shouting men and her mother's cries. Her breath came in gasps and fits. She tried hard not to cry, but the tears came like rain when a towering man with a hoary beard behind a shield, emblazoned with a single winged eye, burst through her door. I found another one, he roared, and thrust a gloved hand into her face, grabbing her roughly by her hair and yanking her from the safety of her warm covers. She cried in pain as she was dragged, screaming from her room, torchlight stabbing her eyes as she frantically looked for a face she recognized. No, she's just a baby. Let her go. Don't hurt her. She barely saw the shape of a woman screaming, but recognized the voice of her mother. As her eyes adjusted, she saw she was in the main hall of their manor, her mother and father held by more guards in crimson-stained bedclothes. Her father's nose was bleeding, and a swollen right eye sagged from its socket. Her mother struggled to free herself, while her father could only stare blankly at another figure on the floor. Mangled face collapsed inward, head surrounded by small white flecks slowly surmounted by an enlarging pool of blood. The unmistakable hump on his back removed all doubt from her mind. Uncle Galthry, she cried, but her Uncle Galthry lay twitching in his death throes gasping agonal breaths forcing their way through his ruined mouth other guards were tearing the home apart her mother's jewels her father's papers the silver the library even her stuffed hippogriff were being taken from the house and loaded into a cart waiting outside the pillaging slowed and he appeared the guards parting and bowing to him slightly as he strode into the main hall he was cold and imperious wearing a livery akin to the guards, but of a better quality, outlined in gold thread cut with a rich brocade, again bearing the winged eye. The terrifying lord retrieved a sheet of paper from his coat and began to read in an unaffected tone. Lord Ivor Harovex, the Grand Council and Primarch of Absalom find you guilty of... The words fade in and out, blending together, a never-ending list of accusation. But a phrase rises from the din... Sentenced to death. A pause. The Primarch, though, is not without mercy. Your family will be spared, exiled from Absalom on pain of death. As Grand Inquisitor, I have been authorized to mete out this sentence with prejudice. The page was folded carefully, black gloves moving with casual precision, and placed back inside the coat. Have you any last words? Her father snapped out of his trance and turned his one good eye on the Inquisitor. 
What good is an inquisitor of a dead god? What horror does the mewling lickspittle of the Primarch intend to bestow upon me? I've prepared my whole life to meet the empty death with open arms, yet you deny the hollowness of your own faith. I pity you even as I'm disgusted by you. The Inquisitor drew a small black bead from a pouch on his belt, pressed it to her father's forehead, and in a voice just above a whisper, growled a single word. Die. The bead glowing with a fierce purple light, Ivor fell to the floor dead, face defiant, even in death. Her mother's keening wail was cut short as the guards led them through their ruined home and threw them out into the night, framed by fire as their home was set alight with torches, burning her father and uncle's bodies and the legacy of the Haravex family. Crushing despair filled her, only six years old, forced to watch her uncle die, her father die, her home destroyed, not understanding why. Feelings crashed over her. Pain, fear, resent, worry, guilt. But the one she understands more than any of them, anger. She knows anger. And that's the only thing she will ever really remember as she and her mother are dragged outside the city walls and told never to return. I need an adult. So something a little bit lighter than that, though. It's Founders Festival. In Otari, this tiny little sleeping village, the streets are a sea of activity. Otari celebrating like it does every year. The second of Kalistra marks the founding of the town by a traveling group of adventurers who named the town after their fallen companion, Otari Ovashti. Stalls display wares in the square for all to view. A jubilant halfling woman holds court with a group of guffawing farmers, their vegetable stands arrayed in a rough half-circle on the south end of the square. Stacks of books on a table groaning at their weight are watched over by a pair of men, a pale freckled man with red hair anxiously pacing, another darker man joyously telling a story to someone perusing the wares. Bakers, blacksmiths, fletchers, vendors of all types flow out from the storefronts into the open air. Banners direct to various festival activities, a lumberjack competition, a baking contest, drinking games. There's some activity on the bandstands, though. Every fourth Founders Day is the official beginning of election season in Otari. And this is just such a year. And the candidates are sure to make a speech soon. Just as that's about to happen, though, it seems that there's some strangers. New to town, but not necessarily here for the Founders Festival. Maybe some of them are are new, but settled. Maybe some are passing through. Todd, why don't you tell us about the person that you've brought to Otari? All right. Uh, off to the side, uh, with all the other merchants peddling your wares, or their wares, you'll see a, a bit of a booth slash tent. just has a small sign that has uh, different amounts of money according to the treatments. Uh, this is a medical treatment tent. It's a uh, Manned by by one man. If you look closely, you'll realize he's a a, a fletchling. Although they prefer Kyle, he's he's uh, one from the shadow plane. He has a very 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 uh, pale skin. It's as if he'd never seen the light of day, despite the fact that he's up pretty much all day long. He's wearing uh, surgeon's whites over what appears to be sackcloth. Uh, he's wearing, you know, something rugged underneath. He, he does a lot of traveling and over the surgeon's whites, he has a well cared for yet old leather, uh, apron. looks like he's been, he had just saddle soaped it that morning and he's 
he has a, a uh, customer in his seat, uh, in his booth. And you can see this customer is a, a gruff mountain man kind of look, uh, uh, bearded, uh, wearing mostly furs uh, tied together with leathers. Um, and all you can see is his feet struggling to gain purchase on the ground as uh, <laughs> this fletchling is reaching into his mouth. And all you hear is, oh, 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 oh. And, and you hear the fletchling say, Calm down, Renad. I, I, I have it in a moment. Just calm down. And he, he he's uh, reaching into his mouth with some sort of metallic tool. And uh, there's uh, the sound of something gaining purchase and a scream as he yanks out two molars at once. It's uh, a <laughs> it's one shy of a turkey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he holds it up for everybody's uh, everybody to see, and if, if they look closely, they can see the molars. They're they're diseased. They're brown to black. They they're uh, disgusting. There's a smell that comes afterwards because it's releasing all the all the built up infection. Ugh. But uh, the the money was paid, and and the service was done, and. Uh, and he he uh so the fletchling tosses the the uh, two teeth in the dish and pats him on uh pats the patient on the back and says you know good good work if you ever have any sort of trouble like that please come back uh hopefully i'll make make my rounds again next year and uh he drops the the teeth into a a, a bucket and you hear the clang of the two molars hit and uh he holds them up and holds up his tools and says all right who's next well, look at that. We've got a crazy dentist. This is fun. <laughs> I love it. Ray, why don't you tell us about uh, who you brought to the festival this year? Yes. Um, <clears throat> sort of bumbling around uh, the festival, uh, mainly focusing on the game booths, um, sort of sort of watching over um, a couple little kids um, standing alongside a very frantic um, wife trying to hold it together as a large semi-large hobgoblin um he's about stands about six foot eight uh weighs about 180 pounds got scars visible scars um on his arms you know some some on his face um because he was part of the Molthuni mercen he was a Molthuni mercenary um trying to get some paid work pay for his family pay for his kids uh starting at a young age and he moved his family he uprooted them up over to otari um trying to start a new life, get them somewhere new, get them somewhere maybe a little bit quieter, trying to uh, retire soon, maybe, and heard that the festival was coming to town. So he figured what a, what a way to take the kids out. But now that he's here, he's uh, sort of annoyed and grumbly, and his wife just wants to have a good time while he uh, knows in the back of his mind he needs to find some work in order to make this move worth it for him and his family and his kids and so he sort of his his mind is on other things. You can tell he's sort of looking around, sort of looking for. I don't want to say a shady merchant at this festival. There's probably not too many shady merchants, but looking for a possible lead, looking for a possible money. As his wife is just wanting to have a good time with her kids, and uh, yeah, uh, that is Bill Thwump, just a family man, um, very similar. I can't remember. You, you say a family man. What's he look like? large green like a deep shade of green um he has breastplate armor on almost at all times um knowing that if he gets shipped out to a job he's gonna have to leave and provide for his family um bald head uh nice nice big long pointy shrek looking ears and 
I wouldn't say I wouldn't say tattered clothes underneath the uh, the breastplate armor, but not noble in any sort, not not fine clothes of any sort. Sort of sort of uh, making sure he keeps himself. His wife has a nice dress on, he, but he keeps himself, you know, modest so that he can make take the money that he makes and and make sure his family is well provided for. Excellent, excellent. So so far we've got a crazy dentist, uh, a family man mercenary. Micah, tell us about who you've brought to the festival. So uh, you see, kind of off to the side of the crowd, a young man, clearly self-conscious and generally uncomfortable in the festive throng. He's tall and fair-haired, strong, but weary with the dust of travel. His half-plate armor and traveling clothes are dirty and worn, but of good make. At his side is a longsword, at his other side a dagger. On his back is a large steel shield. His eyes are a dull gold, like the sun viewed through clouds, though they are marred by dark bags. His entire demeanor indicates that he's tired, physically, mentally, and spiritually. He uh, takes a letter out of his pocket, his reason for coming here, and takes a look at it. Could you remind me who exactly uh, summoned me? Uh, this would be the mayor, Osef Menhemes. All right. He, uh, he puts the letter away and uh, sets to finding the mayor. Excellent, excellent. So, looks like we have a, a traveling, mysterious man, maybe a knight, maybe a swashbuckler, don't really know yet. Jake, who'd you bring to the festival this year? Um, well, who I brought to the festival this year is somebody who has already lived in Otari for some time now. He is uh, partaking, I believe, in a uh, competition, I think, in town. I don't know if he's uh, been introduced or if people are seeing him. He's probably been busy cooking most of the morning, preparing for the pasty bake-off that is being held in town. And uh, you see as there's like lines of tables for judges to go from each and every one to try a portion uh, or several portions of everybody's food that is competing. You see at one of the tables, um, the contestant has climbed up onto it because they're only about three foot, three inches tall, um, covered in remarkably clean white linens and like a, a cloak. Although it's very apparent from the way that his hands look and the long tail protruding from the back of him that he is very obviously a rat folk trying very hard to just hide the rest of his demeanor as much as possible. He seems to have, from what little fur juts out from the rest of his clothes, also just pure white fur. And he seems to be setting a couple of plates down with some light, fluffy baked goods. Excellent. That's That sounds great. So we've got little fluffy white cook, maybe? Um, looking for the quiet time in Otari. About this time, that uh, bit of a commotion on the bandstand starts to lull. They set up a podium, and a middle-aged graying man with kind eyes steps up to it. The crowd erupts into applause as he begins to speak. He's flanked by his wife and two children. My friends! Welcome to the Founders Festival. He pauses for the cheers to die down. This one is a particularly special one. It was today, 500 years ago, that the Dawn Guard, mourning the loss of their dear friend, founded a small fishing camp here in memory of Otari Ilvashti, who fell during their conquest of the Gauntlet. My ancestor... Asephana Menhemes consecrated the ground for Erastal 
and they settled here until the end of their days. Since then, the city's grown to be second in importance only to the great city at the center of the world, providing the wood to power her fleets and the fish to feed her people. The grinding giant's wheel, a constant reminder of our never-ending quest towards the future, and he gestures off to the southeast of town where you see an impossibly enormous water wheel going, powering the lumber yards, ever-present noise of the, the, the wheel and the saws and the machinery. Remember where we are, how we got here. I humbly ask you to remain with me after these 16 years of constant stewardship and allow me to serve as my father did for 20 years as administrator of our wonderful jewel of the Cortos Wilds. Thank you, everyone. I trust you, as I always have, to do what you think is right and what is best for everyone in the town. The crowd cheers again as he retreats from the bandstand with his family. Another man comes to the podium alone. You recognize him as who you would have assumed to be the blacksmith. You last saw him standing at a stall arrayed with weapons and armor. He's in his mid-forties and ruggedly handsome in spite of the grime and sweat on his hands, face, and clothing. Comes up to the podium. He coughs, spits on the ground, adjusts his pants. Hey, you all know me. I've been shoeing horses and making daggers since I was a lad. I keep running against Osif here, and sure, he's been good for the town, but he's always been led by Menhemis, it feels like. What's about a change? He's not the only one with the link to the past. My ancestor was a Nidalese princess, Fongrajani, who struck the killing blow herself on the vile creature from the gauntlet. Does that, doesn't that make me just as qualified? Why not try it out? I figure third tries a charm, right? Remember to vote for Cameron for something different. <laughs> a couple half-hearted claps come from the crowd. All right, everybody, let's have some fun. <sighs> and the crowd, crowd kind of disperses. Um, there's a few signs for some competitions. We have the pie competition. Um, there's some lumberjack games as well. In fact, a call rings out. I need all the finalists for the pasty baking competition to make their way to the market square on the southeastern corner for final judging. Everyone, we've got three finalists. We've got Yosef Love Kiruki, Magaloy, and I think this says Heilbrook. You see a Kenku come up to the uh come up to the bandstand uh, you would recognize him Yosef having been in the town for a while uh, he's Magaloy he runs Crow's Casks um, and he's uh, fairly, uh, fairly yeah, good cook yeah. in his own right uh, Heilbrook you don't recognize out of town um, and then there's, then there's you the judges are Rab Turtle Brenda Venkervale and Yinyasmara. Yinyasmara runs the Crook's Nook. Brelda Venkervale runs the Rowdy Rockfish. And Rab Turtle is just somebody who happened to win the luck of the draw at last year's Founders Festival to be a judge this year. Gotcha. It's two of these people I know intimately, and then one is just a rando. 
Yes. Exactly. One of them, one of those people you know is is the is the judge. There's another woman there, and she seems to be the master of ceremonies for this. It's a graying, middle-aged woman with a heavily wrinkled, sun-damaged skin. She has a peg leg of wood made fashioned to look like a clawed beast's foot. She's cheerful, and she's got an accent that belies uh, her life at sea. All right, everybody. My name's Tammy Tandervale. You all know me. I run the fishery. And uh, they figured I'd be the good one to do the the pie competition this year. I don't know if they know, but who can make the best fish pasta here on Otari? We got three finalists. We got Magaloy and a bunch of people cheering the crowd. Rah, rah, yeah. We got Yosef oh, yeah. and relative newcomer Heilbrook. Ah, ah. So, Jake, I got a question for you. Do you have anything like profession cook or anything along those I lines? Actually, do. Can you give me a role for profession? Oh cook? my god! The very first role. A lot of pressure. Of the Thomas podcast, set the stage for yep. the re- for our next year and a half at least. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, this group has been bitching constantly about random number generation in Foundry. Use all of our game on on Foundry. And I added a plugin to use everything from random.org and it generates seeds from atmospheric noise so there's no excuse anymore. There's no more streaky die. It's all real random number generation. So I don't want to hear any whine. I'm still going to whine. Most of my output is atmospheric noise. (laughs) 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 Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to use the the foundry rolling that I do have cooking lore. I'm trained in it as part of my background. I do have the cook background. That's something that I do. Yosef is a chef. Nice. Um, so let's me see me fail this roll. Uh, yeah, natural seven for a twelve. So All right. Starting All strong. Right. <laughs> well, your pie, your pie goes up gets cut into three pieces. Tell us about your pie. What's in that thing? Um, what I have for them is a, 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 a uh, I believe it is a, a leek and crab meat. Um, uh, what is it? Pasty. Prepared with uh, lemon zest as well. Excellent. Excellent. Those are, those are definitely fairly local ingredients for the Olive Cortos. So you can give it up to them and the judges, uh, Yin Samara, takes it she takes a bite and she rolls it around in her mouth and not for nothing you work part-time for yinyas mara i I think i do runs the right so you might be a bit of a ringer for this one i do and the other um young dwarf lady is my landlord (laughs) yeah brelda vankervale she she runs the rowdy rockfish where i believe you have a room above and have for 18 months or so 18 months two years yeah yosef has moved into town within the last uh, year and a half two years and uh, I know that for, like, knowledge rolls and stuff, we'll usually, like, I'll do a lot of secret mm-hmm. rolling in this podcast. But I want you to go ahead and roll a society check just to look up Rab. Okay. I can do that. Just because I want to see what happens okay. here. Let's roll it. Natural six for an 11. We're on a roll. Cool. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, Rab works for the, works for the uh, Ilvashti family. They're one of the large families. They're Otari's family, one of the founding families. And uh, he works in the lumber yard for the lumber factory for them, their lumber yard 
all of them are powered by the giant's wheel. They kind of all share in the upkeep. Gotcha. Uh, in Whistledown Cutters is the name of the company he works for. But you don't really know him. He keeps to himself. He's a family man. They all seem very, very impressed by your pie or your pasty. Love the flakiness. They love the, the zestiness of the lime. Or lime and it gives it a little bit of a zhuzh to it to get rid of the, the, the heaviness of the crab cut through it. They're very, very impressed. Magaloy has prepared a codfish pasty, very, very traditional, um, with just cheese. It's cheese and cod. Um, but he's known for selecting very, very good cod, and he used some of his ale in the pasty crust. He brings it up. They seem a little less impressed by his. It's ugly. The presentation is awful. You have the perfect 12 pleats in it like you would for a traditional pasty. It's baked perfection. It's wonderful. Magaloy's is kind of lumpy and soggy on the bottom, kind of stodgy. And then finally, Hillbrook brings one up. It's beautiful. It's it's masterfully crafted, baked to yeah, perfection. It it's got these wonderful little fish uh, that are inlaid in it. So it looks like a school of fish swimming across the top of the pasty. It's very, very intricate looking. He made his also out of cod, but he said that there was a secret ingredient in it that he did not want to share. Cocaine. Right. I think it's LSD. What do they put in the chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is it apparently tastes awful he gets great marks for presentation but it just it's not right the flavor is not right he suspects sabotage he's up in arms about it. Oh, this is ridiculous everybody loves this thing back home and he goes off in a huff he doesn't even wait for the results he knows he's screwed right but Yosef they absolutely adore your pie. You are the winner of this year's pasty competition with that. You exactly needed a 12 cooking lore. Good. <laughs> to beat that <laughs> Thank <one>. God. <laughs> right? You you won. Um, and what you get is a, a medal worth. Uh, I'm still trying to a, learn. A hearty handshake. Economy here. <laughs> a medal worth about four silver pieces. Oh, cool. Um, and, and as it's being presented, um, he will kind of pull his, his hood back <clears throat> to reveal that uh, he is, in fact, albino. And he has bl- bright red eyes. And he kind of <laughs> and, also, and also vermin. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, he's still a rat. That was in the kitchen? <laughs> and everybody gasped in horror. <laughs> they make him that big? I don't I don't believe Have they you exist. looked at his hands? They're horrifying. He walks towards the person presenting the medal, and he addresses the crowd and looks towards everybody. He says, Basibo, Basibo. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, if you want more of what I cook, come down to the crook's nook. The in Yorin's place. And he'll kind of, like, grab her wrist or something and try to hold it up. But he's too short. Rab Churtle said, Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> so... That that figure, the crowd kind of disperses. That that was kind of the big, the big, the big item right now. But it looks like the crowd is surrounding around another event. Um, this time in the north section of the square, there is a trio of enormous logs, about four feet in diameter, laid out, and there are three dual person saws leaning up against them. It's a lumberjack competition. <laughs> 
So they have two sets, two sets of uh, competitors, and they're looking for a third set. They have to have a third set. Uh, you hear you hear somebody yelling, "All right, everybody, you know who I am. I'm Elmora Inkrolt. I own Whistledown Cutters, and I'm here to be the sponsor for the Lumberjack Games." Unfortunately, Clortengus and his brother could not come down for the competition. There was a problem up at the mill, so we have an opening. So if there's anybody out there that wishes to test their medal, a pair of two of you, come on down. Take your hand to the saw and see what you can do. It's just, it's just good fun. It doesn't cost you anything, and honestly, it's for a good cause. For me! <laughs> <laughs> Bill hears this. Bill hears this, and out of out of his out of the corner of his ear, honey, honey, I'll be back. I'll be watch the kids. I'll be back. And I, he sort of just <laughs> gets excited, and he starts <laughs> saunters his way over to uh, to this, and goes and I, I look around, see if anybody would like to join on the other side of the saw. I'm sort of just get. I don't I don't know the rules, but I know I'm supposed to grab the big saw, and I just grab it, and I'm ready. I think he should do it by himself. So, <laughs> and as it as it goes, it's like, all right, looks like we got one. What's your name, sir? John Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Bill, sir. Bill Thwump. Bill, Bill. Well, we need two strapping lads for this event to show us their metal. The first team to slice off a disc from these logs wins. But we need one more person to join who fancies themselves strong enough to best the logs. I'll do most of the work. As I trail behind his voice. Uh, Solus begins to feel eyes on himself and he's uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Um, I, I really didn't come here to participate in festivities. Please look for some... some... And the crowd begins to push him forward towards the, uh, towards the, uh, the saw game. Yes, it pushes him. I uh, look, you, sir, you, you look like a strapping young lad. I, Powerful, strong. I see that sword on your back. I, you must be, you must be strong. Come on up. I'm sorry. Yes. Help Bill Hi, out. friend. I'm Bill. <laughs> Just oblivious that he's obviously uncomfortable in the situation. Solus <laughs> uh, Poenitentus. A pleasure to meet you. Solus. That's a fun name. Never heard a name like that before. Well, Solus, come step right up, grab the other end of the saw. There's nothing to it. You just got to go back and forth, coordinate them movements. You'll be through in no time strapping lads like yourself. Very well. I, I, I hope not to disappoint. Like I said, Solus, I'll do most of the work for you. I'm sure you will. Thank you. So mechanically, the way this works is a series of ever-increasing strength checks. You will both roll a strength check. And I will combine your totals. You have to succeed in ever-increasing strength checks in a certain number of attempts in order to win this event. If there's going to be a large uh, amount of people around this, Yosef will also see what all the hubbub is about and wonder, wow, that is a really weird-looking orc. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is that a strength check or an athletic Not quite tall enough. Right. Didn't quite make um, the cut. I will allow you to check. I will allow you to do either one. I'll let you do a strength or an athletics okay. check. I'll let you do an athletics check. That probably makes more sense than repeated strength okay. check. All right. So I need both of you to give me an athletics check. All right. Big boy coming in. Uh, natural 18 for a 25. Nice. Nice. 
I got a natural 17 for a 24. Damn! Wow, you're stronger than I thought. I... Thank you. Nice, nice, nice. Perfect. I need you both to roll another check. You go through, and you're making really good progress. Natural 9 for 16. Wow. That's a natural 8 for 15. (laughs) Back to back. You guys... All right, there you go. Second one, you beat this. It's a little bit harder. It's like you're getting to the thicker part of the wood, but you make it through. I need another another check. Oh. <sighs> My hand slips. <laughs> uh, that is a that's a thirteen. Yeah. That's a ten and a thirteen. <laughs> and and it's getting it's getting harder. It's getting harder. You like hit a knot, but you power through it. All right, <laughs> let me regrip. Big money. I need another there check. We go. Nine for a 16. That's a 12. You make it through again. You're almost through. It looks like you're, you're one more pull away from making it. You're on your way out. It feels like the wood's getting a little bit softer, but you're not sure. I need you to make one more check. It looks like you're way ahead of the other teams. They're struggling to get into a rhythm. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> 19 for 26. And you... Yep. And you rip through the final four or five inches of it and the slab falls. Nobody else is even halfway through the log. You, you are more efficient than the sawmills <laughs> powered by the giant's wheel. Bill gets very excited. The crowd erupts, gasps, laughter. Oh, yeah. I, you all get a plus three circumstance bonus on intimidate and diplomacy checks for members of residents of Otari for the next week. Hell yeah. Bill throws his hands up in excitement and runs over to Solus, giving him a big hug, seeing his uncomfortableness, but just powering through and giving him a big hug. Yes. I needed to roll 1d4 non lethal bludgeoning damage. <laughs> 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 and they're like, wow, congratulations, guys. I should get you on one of my crews. Oh, so if you can't have these boys. <laughs> and uh, he hands you um, a small bag of silver coins. There's there's 15 silver for you to separate to divide between oh. each other. I got kids to feed, and I <laughs> take eight of them. That, that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to roll. I, I don't even know where to find this this damage. If you want me to roll it, okay. no, I'm joking. Just, I, was I was gonna do joking. it. I was gonna squeeze the life out of him. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be time enough for that later. I know exactly. Todd, you're you're or Todd, not Todd. Tovin. Tovin. <clears throat> Tovin, you're sitting there uh, waiting for somebody to show up. There's a bit of a lull. You pulled out teeth from five people in Otari. It's a relatively bountiful year. You come here every year. Usually you get two or three people. You kind of do it as a service. It just pays your way. And somebody passes. She looks like a graceful horned woman she's a tiefling light purple skin can you roll a religion check absolutely give yourself a plus two circumstance bonus to it absolutely it's just really hard with two monitors um you know just add two (laughs) (laughs) yeah total 25 25. you recognize this you recognize this woman as somebody from the same religion (laughs) As you. I think I've seen her when I was traveling with my old troop, my old temple. Uh, where have I seen her before? Was it Taldor? 
she uh, she passes and goes off to an alley and lays down a a sheet over a barrel and she starts laying out harrow cards and she's offering people harrow read. In my mind, this was totally a Lady in the Tramp moment. <laughs> and then now comes a spaghetti and a meatball rolls on the floor. over a meatball. Um, so she's, I see her setting up a harrow card reading. Yes. Okay. Um, you know what? I think it's time I take a break. I've, I've peddled health long enough for today. I made my, made my keep for the week. Uh, I need to go see what this is all about. This is kind of right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> I'm a dad. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I mosey over to her and I say, uh, what, what are you charging for your services? Hmm. For you. She looks you up and down. I do you for free. <laughs> my next, my next so, question was, and for the Harrow reading. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. The is in ascension. Hmm. And the Patriarch is in retrograde. For a fellow follower of the caravan, it'll be free. Really? That's, I guess it, uh, it is the time of the Lantern Bearer. Let's, let's uh, kill some of this monotony. She pulls out some cards and she starts laying out her suit. First you get, I forgot all my hero card names. It's okay. You get Legion. Inverted. It means that there's a, she says, hmm, a great throng of people will require your assistance. It will be up to you if you want to help them. Story of my life. The next card is the beast upright but a great evil will stand in your way a great evil that I don't know if you're prepared for you, you may not be able to overcome it and she brings out the final card which is the crown inverted someone of royal blood will stand before you in this quest with his own aims, not necessarily to stop you, but his actions will be a hindrance. Hmm. What brings you to Otari, fellow traveler? Well, you know the way of the caravan. I'm just passing through, but uh, I mainly just travel from, from place to place uh, trying to take care of the people in the way that uh, keeping them healthy teaching them how to maintain that. Uh, it's, it's a never-ending job, and I find that traveling uh, through my old temple is the only way to really maintain it, to make my rounds literally around the globe. There may be more people here to help than you could possibly imagine. I didn't get your name. My name's Tovin. Just Tovin. Pleased to make your acquaintance. You can call me Rin. Just Rin is fine. Hmm. I like that. I run a curiosity shop at the edge of town. Should drop by after the festival. May have something you may be interested in. Fellow member of the caravan seems to like to collect trinkets, perhaps. I'm not against it. It does make traveling a little uh, difficult, but, you know, I, I have my, my share of snow globes. 
Yes, yes, excellent. Excellent. Well, I look forward to speak to you again. Tovin, was it? Absolutely. Well, this Harrow reading has been most insightful. And she folds up her sheet with the uh, Harrow cards in it into a, a package hmm. and uh, walks away from the crowd pretty much right past you without giving you any thought back in the direction where she said that her curiosity shop was. Hmm. Interesting. Solus. A man comes up behind you. It's the man that you recognized at the bandstand. Um, he taps you on the shoulder. He says, you knight of, knight of last wall? Uh, yeah, yes, I am. I've, I've come to, uh, to, to heed the call for aid. Ah, you, you must be the one I sent for. Thank you, thank you. I, I know it was a difficult journey. Many, many months, I'm sure. But uh, this is actually a perfect time to come. It's, it's a wonderful time to be an Atari. My name is, is Osif Menhemis. Um, this is my daughter, and he, he has a small girl with her. She's probably eight or nine. Um, she looks kind of drawn, a little bit sickly, bags under her eyes. And she reaches out her hand. She's like, it's so nice to meet you, sir. Very nice to meet you as well, young lady. And she says, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so, so sorry about your mentor. He wouldn't have held it against you, you know. I'm sorry? My, what do you, who? And, 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 oh, says, don't listen to her. She says the oddest things at times. Doriana, why don't you go find your brother and your mother? And, and, and I have to, I have to speak business with this wonderful uh, knight. Don't. Go, go, go find somebody to play with. It's like, okay, father. And she kind of, la, la, la. And she skips away. Solus is creeped out. That is the intention, Solus. Now, um, if it's not really clear what I was asking you for, we've, we've had some really odd things happening in the town, specifically related to some kobolds that made some warrens under the town. Normally, kobolds are a problem. Um, and these ones certainly were at the beginning, but they've made themselves extremely helpful for the town. Uh, there was a bit of an unfortunate accident at uh, a tavern called the Thirsty Alpaca. Uh, the building was destroyed. There were several injuries. Uh, the kobolds came forward immediately, apologized, said that they were a little bit too rambunctious, I guess, in building their warrens and have offered to help in any way they can. They paid restitutions to the families that were injured. But one of the gentlemen, in fact, the proprietor of the alpaca, went missing. Uh, the kobolds say that they saw him fleeing into their warrens in a panic. I imagine he was a bit shell-shocked by the explosion. Uh, but they weren't able to chase him. They did not want to chase him for they had trapped their warrens and they were afraid that they would drive him into a trap. They have since investigated and found no body or no trace of him. And I was hoping if we could maybe get a brave knight to maybe investigate the ruins north of town that the kobolds say that the warrens lead to. Uh, in, in, indeed, it would be my, my, my honor to do so. Thank you, my, my lord. Sir? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a man. I, I am a rich man, but I am still just a simple man. And honestly, Otari's most, most humble servant. I'm, I'm, so forgive me. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Such deference, I'm sorry, friend. sir. You do not need to ask apologies either. This is a festival. This is a joyous time. And I don't want to lord any sort of, any sort of imagined position over you. Very kind of you, sir. Now come. 
enjoy the fireworks this evening. Uh, make some friends. In fact, I want you to go talk to Mr. Magaloy. Tell him that your room is on me as long as you want it. He runs Crow's Casks. He has a, a tidy little apartment above it that I believe is not in use currently. And he is a very, very gracious host. Thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate words cannot describe my, my, my debt to you. No, 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 sir. That, that, no, I'm, I am in debt for you for coming away from the Gravelands to the small fishing village to investigate one silly old man probably bumped his head and didn't wake up but we just have to know it's his children want some closure you see yes of course well then if, if it is alright with you I have been traveling for some time I would like to rest so I will make my way there and ask yes 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 it's, it's kept as long as it has it will keep a bit longer now, I would recommend, though, that you not go traipsing off to the gauntlet by yourself. I think it's a bunch of bunkum and, and hocus-pocus, but you may want to find some companions to go with you. Just somebody to have your back. So keep a weather eye out. Uh, you might want to talk to that other strapping lad that uh, that was doing the lumberjack competition with you. He, he seems like a deft hand. At least he's a strong one. I know he's been looking for mercenary work. If you, if you convince him to come with you, I'll, I'll comp his time as well. Very, very generous of you. I will likely do that. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Now, enjoy the festivities. Make some friends. Everybody in Otari is everybody's friend. So please, please, don't, don't make this dour business sour your appreciation of this jewel of the Cortos Wilderness. And he, he, he's like, remember, if you stay in town long enough for the election, they're open to anybody currently in the town. Vote for me if you find it in your heart to do so. And he shakes your hand and he moves off through the crowd. What to a the horrible person. voting system. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I've just been bribed. I, I may think ha you may have. have. <laughs> what, what are, what, what are, what's up with the politics in this town? Huh. Do you have your, do you have your ID card? Or did the dog eat it? <laughs> uh, you know what? I can't wait till my voice comes back. <laughs> I, I'm dreading the day when we hear you at full power. So, uh, Yosef, uh, one of the judges comes up to you and you recognize it as Brelda Benkervale. He says, Yosef, that, that, that pasty was absolutely delightful. Would you, would you mind sharing the recipe for me? It could absolutely drum up some more business at the uh, Rowdy Rockfish. You know, we've, we've been a little less busy ever since Lazda disappeared. And I've been trying so hard to keep hands me that anything that would give me an edge to maybe get some more people in the door would be so appreciated. I know you've done so much for me already, but if you could find it in your heart to do a little... No, more. of course, of course. I can find time and I uh, can make some more pasties for you to sell at the bar downstairs. I know you don't really have kitchen installed in the bar, but... For you, I'll do anything. Don't worry. I'll. You'd want to know these, the secret ingredients of saffron. Really, really. That's. How do you get that? I mean, I know you can. So far away in Catapesh. It was really from Assyrian, but you're close, right? I do know people in Catapesh who can get me nice spices for things like that. It's how I spice up the cooking at the Crook's Nook. It's why it's been doing so well. Oh. 
I mean, well, I can't take all of the credit. I can't take it all, but uh, I, li- I, I like what I do. You certainly, you certainly do it well as, as, as well, my friend. Well, thank you so much. Take care. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you later this evening um, back at the Rockfish. Of course, of course. I'll, uh, I'll talk to, um, and I'm sorry, I keep forgetting her, Yinz Yazari. How do you say her name? Yinz Yazmara. Um, I'll talk to Yunzius Mara about getting um, a couple of extra eggs and some flour around, and I'll, uh, I'll bring those around tomorrow. I'll bring those around tomorrow. We can sell those tomorrow night during the drinking rush or what, what people do come to the rockfish. Thank you again so much. I appreciate it so, so, so no, no, much. You thank no you idea. for giving me a place to stay. I appreciate it very much. Um... As, as she she's like, oh, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll be seeing you. And, and as she leaves, the mayor walks by. He's kind of doing this. Like, oh, yeah, vote for Yosa, Osa for Osa mayor. For vote mayor. for Osa for mayor. Yeah. And uh, he gets to you and he's like, ah, oh, Yosef. Osef. Not to be confused with oh. Osef, right? <laughs> uh, no, I've almost said it a couple of times. I get names mixed up very well. I always remember faces and get tripped on names. You know... You've made quite the impression in our fair town since you've arrived, and uh, uh, you're honestly the first Isoki that I know of that's made our fair city their well, home. Well, this is the first city I came to that didn't call me a rat as soon as I arrived, so I figured it must be at least a little bit better than Absalom or any of the other places I had been. You'll find that some of us small towns are a lot more open. I think it helps that we're... We're a coastal town. We get a lot of travelers in for lumber. I mean, you're not the first Yosoku that's been in town. You're just the first that's spent in a lot of time here. You know, I think after spending a lot of time here, this is probably where I'm going to settle down, Osif. I really like it here. I like the climate. It's not cold. It feels nice. I like the people. I like the food. I like how it's nice and quiet, secluded, and everybody feels together. It's very nice. Oh, yes. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, if you excuse me, I'm going to move on and, and see that everybody else is having a wonderful yes, time. Yes, yes. I know. I know. I'll... No, no. You're, I feel like we have an understanding. Of course. You have. I feel, I feel like you I You have my vote. You have my vote. This will be my first year voting, and you will have my vote. And uh, as, as he's parting ways with you... His daughter runs up, and she's like, "I can't find mommy. I don't know where she is." And she, she's like, "I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure she's around here somewhere. You don't need to be afraid." And he looks, she looks at you, Yosef, and she says, "You know, your grandmother. She never stopped thinking about you." What? And she runs off, looking for her mother and her brother again. Ah, uh, I'll see you later, Yosef. <laughs> I'll uh, uh, let me know if you also want to pass these, like, uh, like uh, my landlord. I'm bad at, I'm bad at names, not faces, <laughs> you know. Excellent, excellent. Well, take care. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you around town. Of course. That's with Anya. Osef. Yes, yes, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he goes off and, you know, begins to schmoozing with other people. Yosef just kind of shivers to himself and shrugs it off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seems like this little girl is um, has some insight. It's very strange. You guys think she might be clairvoyant? <laughs> oh my god, is she an oracle? 
Actually, her name's not Claire. It's Doriana, you idiot. Doriana Voyant? Oh. Sorry, Doriana Variant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that you guys want to investigate? Maybe, maybe look around, maybe talk. Micah, you have a little bit of a quest going on that you need some some I help do. with. Uh, I'm going to find Bill in the uh, in the throng. Bill has returned to his family. Uh, Bill, sorry, my beautiful fiance has entered the room, looking like she would like to say something to me. <laughs> Dressed like the Dova King, wearing a horned helm, wielding a sword. All right. <laughs> they have one wound. My, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill's wife is talking to him uh, because she would like him to start gathering the kids. It's been a long day. The kids are wearing on her last nerve. And uh, so he, he's in the, in the town square for the most part looking uh, <clears throat> sort of sort of sort of looking for his kids, I should say, leaving most of the duties to his wife, but sort of looking for his kids. All right, uh, Solus approaches him. Uh, hello, Mr. Bill. We were not properly introduced earlier. Yes, my sawing buddy. Yes, uh, Solus, once again, in case you're I saw you earlier. (laughs) I saw you when we sawed, and now I'm seeing you. I'm learning all my words, all my tenses. (laughs) Very, very nice. Look, I... I have just been approached by the mayor of the town, Osif. He has something of a job for me, P- uh, perhaps involving some danger, just to the north of town, investigating an issue with kobolds and the warrens. And given your obvious strength and possible combat ability, I would like to ask if perhaps you would like to accompany me. He said he would uh, pay for your efforts. A job is a job. Though I would you, hate to, to tear you away from your family, of course, that that comes first. Well, my little friend, you are shorter than me, correct? Uh, yes, he is six okay. foot three. Yeah, well, my little friend, without a job, I would have no family. Can this job wait one day while I settle my family in back home and make sure they're safe? Oh, yes, we would not be setting out until tomorrow at the very earliest. I, well, I've been traveling for quite some time and I must rest. Mention how much he would pay us. I'm sorry, I did not ask. He sort of looks at his wife, who's overhearing the conversation a little bit, and and, uh, not rolling her eyes, but knowing he's about to be leaving her yet again. And uh, they nod at each other, and they have an unspoken bond of this is what needs to happen. And he looks back, after the nod, he looks back at you and uh, says, Well, where do I meet you tomorrow? My my room is at the Crow's Cask. Uh, I usually get up quite early, so would you like to meet me there? Yes. Just I will. I, I get up quite early, too, as I have these okay. little crumb snatchers running around. Of I'll course. meet you. Of course. At uh, daybreak. I, t- I, I turn to his wife. Uh, my lady, I, you have my word as a knight. I will have your husband safely back to you. She goes, bring him back or don't. I don't care. <laughs> mm. Sort of smiles and... and what saunters off with looking more for her kids. Um, so you do catch a glimpse of your kids, Bill, and they're in like, uh, like a circle of hands with a bunch of other kids kind of dancing around in a circle. And it seems like they're learning a nursery rhyme. That's just adorable. And, you know, it really, I think, fills you with some joy because you're looking for something that your family will be welcomed. And it looks like your family's being welcomed. But the nursery rhyme is very, very odd. It's something you've never heard from. It must be something local. 
When the fog is creeping and the moon is low, when the town is sleeping, gauntlight starts to glow. That's when she arises for her midnight lunch. Naughty kids are prizes for her teeth to crunch. But if you obey me and obey the rules, you're safe from Belcora. She only eats the fools. Getting Ring Around the Rosie vibes from this. <laughs> That's weird. My mom's name is not Belcora. <laughs> we can't pronounce I, her name in our human tongue. <laughs> it wouldn't come through on the mic. Do you, do you speak Aklo? <laughs> I don't. I, I do. <laughs> you got it, then. I don't feel like Bill is intelligent enough to I think it would go over his head. I think I would I, he would more look at at them playing and go and 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 like you said be filled with joy that they're they're uh they're fitting in here. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's getting later in the day. There's a firework celebration those of you that are well traveled know that this isn't spectacular by any means. It looks like it's on a barge out in the sea. But it's something fun for the kids to watch, and it's a good way to blow a percentage of the town's budget for some reason. And uh, the day is lulling down. People are starting to go back to their homes. Some people are still drinking out on the street, um, eating some of the leftover food that didn't get sold. It's been marked down so they don't have to bring it back to their stores. Tovin, you're, you're beckoned by Rin from across the market square. She's like, come with me. I need to show you something. That's fine. Uh, as long as we can make a stop along the way. And he'll point on the map, you know, just a, a simple household where we can just stop and knock on the door twice and leave a couple of balms and maybe a, maybe a vial of some strange opaque liquid um, uh. just for them to pick up in the, the morning. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely free now. Well, she brings you back. And she's like, Tovin, I've been having dreams. Hmm. About what? A girl. A very young girl. Hmm. Being ripped from her home. Terrified. They're getting more real. Every night. And something else I, I noticed last night and it's it's dark now i mean it had to be for the fireworks so it's it's pretty it's really dark it's mm-hmm. a new moon you can see the caravan and its complex interplay in the sky as you you walk towards her 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 curiosity shop she brings you inside and you note that the the ceiling is completely open to the night sky hmm. she brings you up some stairs to a uh like a balcony a little bit higher kind of overhangs the city walls a bit it's kind of shielded from the light of the town you can see that the pack is in ascension as she noticed noted before the patriarchs in retrograde the daughter is at odds with the foul follower but they're dancing in unison with one another but you notice something's a little bit different you see that the lantern bearer is clearly visible to the north you find it, it should be there. 
but it takes you some time to find it. It's not as bright as it should be. Hmm. Something seems to be casting light where it not ought to be. It's it's as if the the fireworks are obscuring my vision. I, by the way, I, I love your decor. Uh, if I had a place like this, I'd never leave. You know, save save for my beliefs. But uh, I I'm a notorious agoraphobe. I, I cannot sleep. I cannot enter a building. It's it's very difficult for me. But. This seems to work pretty yeah, well. That makes sense. That's uh, you, you've picked. You've picked the perfect uh, uh, path. Then I see the. I'm having trouble seeing the lantern bearer. I mean, it should be in, in full bloom right now. Can you? Am I seeing the wrong thing? This is what's troubling me as well. And she walks over to her telescope uh, that she has up here on a tripod, and she points to the north. Mm to a swampy area. She's like, that's the fog fen. It's been like this for a few nights. I thought maybe some of the local boys who love testing their bravery by camping in the marsh overnight, maybe set up a bonfire. It's really the only way they can last past dusk, all full of bravado and nothing else. But it's not that. I've, I've scanned the horizon many times. There's there's no bonfire readily apparent. And this, this, there's a light that seems to waver and nearly flicker. Mm-hmm. Thought perhaps it was wisps. Will of the wisps made their make their way out there. I've heard tale of them congregating in large groups and being able to be seen from a distance, but that doesn't seem to be the case either. Mm-hmm. But I did find what it was. As she says this, as she starts to look through a telescope and positions it a bit, and she's like, "Take a look." Okay, I'll saunter over and look into the telescope. What what do my fetchling eyes see? You see what appears to be an iron tower rising in the middle of the marsh with a pale greenish-blue light pulsating very, very dimly. Your fetchling eyes see this very well. In fact, that's why Rin could see it. She's a tiefling. She has a very similar level of vision to you. Hmm. She's like, that is Gauntlight Keep. I've long thought it to be mostly harmless. It attracts adventurers and treasure hunters and boys wishing to test their metal. The town guard clears it out on a semi-yearly basis. It tends to make home to fouler things. Most people make it out with a few scrapes and bruises. Every once in a while, somebody gets unlucky and trips and breaks a bone. But it's, it's mostly harmless. Yeah, but that's, that's an unnatural light. Yes, something... Does it do this regularly, or is this new this year? This has never happened as far as I know. In the 500 years that this town has been here, there has been no record of the gauntlet being relit, but something has relit the gauntlet. What's, what's the history of the gauntlet? I mean, it's was it here before the town? It was here long before the town. It was what brought the Dawn Guard to the town. Mm. They heard tale of a vicious sorceress that lived in it, came vanquished her, lost one of their own and founded the town. Hmm. I would like you to investigate, Tovin. For the good of the caravan. There's there's something going on here and I feel like you're the perfect candidate to take a look. Gladly. Uh, The knights, uh, it's it's not a thing to fear. I mean, you know that, of all things. Um, But I do fear that I couldn't go alone. While, you know, this uh, impressive visage that you see before you, 
uh, it, it looks like he's uh, completely capable. I'm not much for for a, a physical means, so to speak. Do you know of anybody else that would be able to venture out with me, or...? I'm glad you asked. There's a gentleman in the town that has a reputation that he's intended to keep quiet for some time, though it has followed him. You may recognize him if you took part in watching the pasty-making competition. Yosef the Yosoki. Hmm. He keeps it close to his chest, but there's something about him, and I think he's the perfect person to accompany. Is it an anime girl pillow? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, you know what? I think I'll uh, I'll, I'll approach him. Uh, he and I should be on the same side of a, a certain coin in society. I think that. I think I'd. I mean, you of all people should know. <laughs> Being of your ilk. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> Roll a society. <laughs> we live in a society. It's current. It's 2721 AR. I rolled a six. That is roughly my reaction to society as Todd. <laughs> I don't like people. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, no, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll search him out. Where was he staying? Do you know? He's staying at the Rowdy Rockfish. He's got a room above there. He he doesn't stay out late. He keeps to himself. Mm. He's He seems to be a good man. A strange place to stay. All right. Um, is there anything else you can give me on the situation, or should I just head there now? Um, I would recommend not going at night, though Though you are correct. The night has nothing to fear. The fog fan is something to fear. Mm. I think I'm going to uh, spend a couple hours just just walking the streets. I just want to get a feel for the town. But uh, I'll, I'll go see this Yosef in the morning. Excellent. May you walk in the trail of the caravan. Yes, uh, cock the wagons and float them. I can only think of... <laughs> <laughs> for the river. Yes. Ah, Tobin has died of dysentery. <laughs> uh, the Otari Trail. Gotta get to Absalom. Gotta get there before the snow does. Um, okay, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to wander around town for a bit and just uh, take in the sights and the quiet of the the. Uh, the town at night and just contemplate my my what brought me here the caravan is oh she's she's strange um you see something interesting that uh, while you're walking the town it's something that you probably shouldn't intervene in but you see um you see a halfling absolutely hammered drunk yelling at a group of druids and clerics that are very prominently bearing holy symbols of a rastal. Mm. I don't want to see any of you in my store again. I never want to talk to you again. They'll kill you like you killed her. Kill you like you killed her. And 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 you see a gnome run up. And she's like, Kilano, Kilano, this is not the time. They, did, they didn't do this. This is not the time. I don't care, Willie, when you're one of them, too. 
and he slams a door in his face, locks up, and uh, these people that he was yelling at just kind of continue on their way. And Willie one's like, he's in a lot of pain. Don't don't let him take it out on you. It's cursed him for years. Mm. So is there anything anybody else wants to do this evening before we hit daybreak and figure out what these two parties may end up crossing paths? Yeah, I think um, true to what you said, the Yosef is going to probably keep to himself. He he uh, plans on tomorrow probably waking up early and talking to Yinzizari about seeing if she'll let him take some supplies to make extra pasties for his landlord, Brelda. But beyond that, he's going to go to sleep. Having made a, you know, he got a, he got a medal. It's worth something. He likes shiny things, so he'll go up to his tiny but clean and somewhat cluttered at the same time loft apartment above the rowdy rockfish and add this new shiny to a collection of other baubles and gadgets that he has grabbed on the road over the years that might be important one day. Uh, Solus is going to head to the crow's casks and uh, getting there, what what do I see? Um, It's a very, very basic tavern. Um, You see that Inside, there's a lot of things on tap. Magaloy is a deft hand at brewing. Um, and uh, he recognizes you as soon as you come in. He's like, ah, Osif told me to watch for you. Uh, M- Magaloy? You get the best room in the house. My friend, my name's Magaloy. Oh, I, I hope this is the crow's cast. I hope I don't get the best one. Wouldn't that one be reserved for you? No, 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 no. I, I The best guest room. I live behind the bar. It's really a quite cozy place. Very good. Very good. I'm glad I have not taken anything from you. I'm sorry. Uh, My name is Solus Poinatentis, in case uh, the mayor did not relay that to you already. Yes, definitely. Solus, wonderful. He's a a knight. You're a knight of Vlastwall. I've not met such an auspicious figure in my time. Solus uh, doesn't really know how to respond. So I'm truly honored. Truly honored, my friend. So, Bill has a ritual that generally he puts his kids to bed and then he walks the streets looking for work. Being new to town, he's trying to scrap up as much coin as he can. Knowing that he has uh, a job in the morning to do, he spends a little bit extra time with them, maybe reads them a story before they fall asleep and makes sweet, tender love to his wife because he knows he's going to be leaving. And, uh... Then he goes and he, he monitors the streets, and I'm uh, interested to see if he also sees this uh, commotion of yelling of this drunk halfling. I think he would probably hear it, but the area that it happens is a bit of a maze. So unless he knew exactly where he was, he would not have been able to seek it out quick enough. I was seeing if him and Tovin's paths would cross while he is out looking for work um, as his nightly as nightly work walk, knowing it's, you know, he, he gets some shady work at night, but at least it's work, at least it's coin. So if he could, didn't know if that would be a, uh, right, a, exactly. a chance encounter. So he walks, that's what he's doing before, um, before bed. He's walking the streets. Hey, I'm not chaotic evil, but 20 gold is 20 gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to town. <laughs> they all look different to me. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a single glory hole in any of these outhouses. <laughs> <laughs> this town is great. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's what Bill would be doing before uh, 
deep into the night, uh, looking around. If he if he finds nothing, if he finds nobody, finds nothing, hears nothing, sees nothing, he'll go back home. But I mean, I'm game. <laughs> right. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So morning comes. It's an uneventful night. You all have things that you're planning. In fact, it seems like you're all going to the same place. So how's everybody meet up? And I guess, Tovin, you have to go seek out Yosef still. I do. Make sure he's down for this. I do. I've already uh, broken down my tent and packed everything up and uh, attached it to my my uh, backpack. Um, ready to hit the road again. But uh, before I go, I need to go see this this uh, Yosef character that, that uh, Rin was telling me about. Yeah, so I'll head over to the what was it, Cask? Crows. Uh, he's at the Rowdy. Oh, he's Rock at Fish. the Rowdy Rockfish. That's right. Okay. So yeah, right. Solus is at right. Crows. Okay. Casts. So I'll, I'll head over to the the Rowdy Rockfish. That doesn't sound frightening at all, even though rockfish are extremely poisonous. You enter the building, and it looks like the tidiest, nicest, quietest tavern you've ever seen. Despite the name, you see this the sign above the door that is a rockfish. That's like this, about to engage in fisticuffs with something. But it is such a calm, chill place. It does not fit the name at all. <laughs> you see a stern, middle-aged half uh, dwarf woman behind the bar. Um, says, well, welcome to the Rowdy Rockfish. What can I do for you this fine morning? You'd, we do have breakfast. It's not a whole lot. We have... We do have eggs and, and bacon. We can we can fry up for you. Um, usually we don't typically get people until the lunch hour, but I'm more than happy to make you comfortable. Mm. I've I've been up since before the the shadows disappeared. I'm I'm sorry, but I yeah no. I, I, uh, breakfast sounds actually delightful, uh, and um, while I'm here, is there a Yosef on the premises? Ah uh, yes, Yosef. He's he's usually down about this time. Is is he expecting you? Uh, no, I was just I was referred to him by a friend uh, just for uh, possibly a mutual uh, job or a mutual interest in a job if uh, if he's willing or if he's free. But uh, yeah, if he's if he's around, I'd like to at least speak to him. Excellent, excellent. I mean, he does live here. I guess I could be considered a bit of the doorman for him. <laughs> Uh, let me let me go up and see if he's in. And, and she she goes up. She steps out from behind the bar and goes up the stairs. And it's the only room in the whole place. He's been here for almost two <laughs> years. And he knocks on the door. He's like, "Yosef, I, I believe you have a visitor. Are you in?" Doc, yes, I, I'm getting ready. I was getting ready to head out. Who who is outside? Who is here? He's a very pale-skinned man. I don't recognize him. I think he's new in town. Oh. oh, okay. And Yosef, not knowing who this person be, is, but knowing that they're very pale, is kind of concerned. And then after hearing some weird premonition from a little girl <coughs> last night, it's just a little on edge. He's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll come out right now. And he just opens the door. He was ready. He was almost ready to go. He's up and early. He's up and at him early. Kind of like Tovin is. Probably not quite as early in the day based on his religion, but... He's like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come downstairs. Uh, and, and he looks up. He says, you, you be careful. You be careful. Remember the last time my last was seen, he was walking around with a strange man new to town. So keep a weather eye out. I know you can handle yourself, but I can't help but worry. No, don't worry. And I'll, I'm always looking. 
Okay. I'll. I will find him. All right. Hopefully. I, and then he he just kind of drops the subject and then walks forward and walks around the bar from the the, the stairs leading up to his the, the little loft area that he lives in. He's like, uh, "Good morning. Um, I don't believe we've met. Who are you?" Ah, uh, you're you're Yosef. Duh. Uh, yeah, I'd like to introduce myself. I am uh, Tovin. Uh, just a, a healer passing through. I just had a. Uh, I was referred to you by, I believe, a mutual friend. Do you know Rin? Uh, the, the 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 tiefling in town. Is she the only one? Uh, I, she's the only purple one, as far as I know. Doesn't she live in okay. the house with no roof? Uh, yeah, that would be the okay. one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know really... Rin. She says weird things, and I, you know. I, you know, I don't like to perpetuate stereotypes, but <laughs> I do like shiny things, and she she has neat things every now and again. So, yeah, I know Rin. Um, oh. How do you know her? Um, I don't. Uh, oh. I've, I've seen her in passing several times in different places, but uh, it's it's kind of the curse of uh, my beliefs. Um, um, but well, she, uh, she showed me something interesting last night and said that you'd be the man to talk to. Oh, well, um, well uh, what, what kind of... What kind of thing? Well, for one thing, uh, we were looking at the stars last night, as as we the the uh, Crimson Caravan do. Or sorry, Cosmic Caravan. God, I've been playing Fallout lately. Uh, <laughs> the Crimson Caravan. Um, no. Uh, so we were we were trying to look at the the, the Cosmic Caravan last night. You know, uh, just to uh, admire the constellations and and. Uh, I couldn't see the lantern bearer because there was light on the ground. And she showed me, uh, off in the fog fen direction, the gauntlet keep was lit. Uh, and through, through her spyglass, it's not natural. Um, and she said that this has been a normal occurrence since you've been here. For almost... For, for almost two years, but I haven't. I mean, I guess I haven't gone and looked explicitly. How much time have you spent in the fog fen? Almost none, to be completely honest. I mean, it's okay. a swamp. There's no reason oh, for me to go. Perfect. You sound just like the expert that I need. Um. Well, I mean, well, what do you need me for? I'm. That's excuse that's me. I, I, why don't we go talk outside? Absolutely, and he he shoves a half a pound of bacon into his his maw as he rushes out because he does not get to sit down <laughs> and eat very often when he's very busy, you know, wrist deep in somebody's carapace. Sorry, carapace. He's, he's always putting together corpses. He's <laughs> been stitching them together for funsies. <laughs> never gonna live that. Never gonna live that one down. I'm very sorry, Miss Vancouver. Just give me one moment. We'll, I'll be right back. Not even kidding, Micah, that came up more than once today. <laughs> so he walks outside and he, he looks at you and he's like, okay, so what do you want help with doing in, in, in the in the gaunt light with this weird your faint glow? I am I'm a, I'm a cook. What do you need my help for? Uh, I understand that. And I'm just a simple medic, but uh, I'm also kind of curious as to the fact that Rin has said this has been going on since you've been here. 
and you haven't noticed. Um, what did you do before you came here? Uh, who's asking? I mean, is it really important? Uh, I can tell you all about what I did before I came here, if that would help. And Yosef just kind of gets really quiet and sullen real quick, and he gets really close to you. And even though he's quite shorter than you are, he kind of like points his, his face off towards your head. He's like, look. I really would rather not bring it up and I would really appreciate if you don't ask any more questions. Now, if what you're asking my help on requires a set of skills that I can provide, if you can promise me there will be some kind of, I don't know, monetary value involved that might help me. You know, a little man like me has aspirations and wishes too. You know, I don't want to work for a kitchen my whole life. Yosef wants his own kitchen. So, I mean, do you think this glow and gaunt light might have anything? Or can you provide me with a reason? I mean, technically, I could hire you if if uh, the price is right. What would you say for two gold just to go out and look around the place? Didn't I see you back at the market square yesterday pulling out people's teeth? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if you're very familiar with rodents, but my teeth grow constantly. You know, if I don't keep chewing on things, it'll actually bore into my jaw. It's quite a problem. Tell you what. <laughs> I could pull I them do, for you. Well, I don't need it pulled. I need the teeth. But I could, I could I, break I don't them have, out. How can you grind them? Can um, you maybe file my teeth back a bit? I could. Would you like a point, a flat top? I mean, what are we talking just here? Just a right? flat top. I don't really use it to bite people. I just, I don't want to accidentally puncture my gums every time I go in for a bite of borscht. You know what I mean? Are you, are you a big kid and play fan? What? <laughs> I don't Is that something I'm too young to understand? Yeah, yeah. Kid and play? I'm sorry, yeah. for our audience, I'm 38. Todd is the um, ancient one. So you've He's never... practically an elderly man at this point. I'm sorry, Yosef. Uh, I apologize for my enlarged prostate. So you've never seen the movie House Party? I've never seen the movie. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so this anyway, Pathfinder. <laughs> um, uh, no, I can I can absolutely help you out with that. I, I mean, uh, you know, the the oral arts is just one facet of my skills. Well, you know, I just I don't have any insurance to really cover the prices needed for for dental work, and you know, working as just a chef for for the. The the, uh, the crook's nook, it doesn't really pay all that well. So, you know, if, if you're willing to do me this solid and help me out with oh, my that's dental absolutely, plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can, I actually, uh, part of my, part of my calling is that I actually handle the entire body. Uh, from from uh, overgrown canines to prolapsed rectums, I am there for. You said you were a medic. I mean, <laughs> are you a, a surgeon or are you a, are you a divine healer? Because, I mean, I see what you're wearing. You don't exactly... I mean, you do look like a medic, but uh, are you wearing a holy symbol? Um, I am around my neck. And also the answer to that is, yup. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> you know, I've always wanted an excuse to check out those ruins, you know. I don't want to give too much of away, but I used to travel a lot in my old line of work and uh, never long enough to stay and see anything. So maybe this would be nice. Um, 
As long as uh, I'm on the way out of town, when we cross over the bridge, we stop at Crook's Nook, and yet my uh, employer will know I will not be in today. And you, how long will this take exactly? Do you do you know exactly what we're going for? Uh, we're we're mainly just going to investigate to see what that light is because that's, uh, uh, according to Rin, that's that's it's newer and unnatural. She's she hasn't been around. I mean, she's she spends a lot of time traveling, like I do. But uh, well, uh, for us to see this and for it to be bright enough to drown out the stars, it's it's worrisome. It's not a, well. Tell you what, I'll just tell them I'll be gone at least today because, as you saw, and it's only about twenty minutes away to walk through the fog fence. So, even if we did have multiple days to deal with something, we could always just come back. So, you know what? Um, let me just uh, go back upstairs and grab my things, and uh, I'll head out then. And then uh, he'll walk back inside, and uh, he'll look at Brelda and be like, "Oh, this." Uh, I, I, I'm very sorry. I, I'll have to wait on making those pasties another day. It seems this gentleman needs my help with something. Um, out by gauntlet. Um, so I should be home tonight. You, so please do not panic. Is, do you think that is why that's... You know, maybe not. But I haven't been this excited about doing anything since I, I first showed up here. So... I'd like a little bit of, of of spice. So, I see. So, gotta add a little saffron, don't we? Yeah, you understand. And listen, I'll be home tonight. It won't be. Don't just don't worry. Don't stay up worrying about me. I'll be I'll be home. Even if there is something, Godlight is only twenty minutes away. I'll be back. And with that, she. She takes the plate up that uh, Tobin was eating, and uh, she takes it to the back of, uh, you know, into like the the basin that she put all the plates and the bowls in before she cleans them. And uh, she reaches down into her shirt, pulls out a locket, and opens it up. And there's a small painted picture of a young dwarf, and there's a shock of red hair inside the locket. As you two leave, she closes up the locket. She puts the things in the plate. She waits until you're out of eye shot. She leaves the rockfish, locks up, puts a closed sign up, and she takes a walk out to the chapel, the Dawnflower Library. And she lights a candle says a prayer as she does every oath day for her missing son Lazda and she lights another candle and says a prayer for Yosef and with that we'll pick it up next week good shit good shit oh hey. there it is <laughs> good shit hey hey Micah why don't you curse our audience while we're on our way out oh yeah yeah just to to uh, finish up, I just want to make sure all of you know. Rolf Rintin uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. 
Role for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Characters and original storylines are the property of Role for Intent. Music for this podcast provided by Dark Fantasy RPG Studio, Michael Gilfie, Kevin McLeod, and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com.